Podcast One production. Your morning agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Friday, the 11th of December. A grim new record has been set in the United States overnight with more than 3,000 people dying from COVID-19 in just one day. And that's more than all the victims killed in the September 11 attacks in 2001. It comes as the country's top infectious diseases expert admits the country is in for a very challenging period as more people travel and gather in the United States during the upcoming festive season. Speaking at the Wall Street Journal CEO Council Summit, Dr Anthony Fauci admits different rules for every part of the country is one of the main reasons for the rapid spread of the virus. Given where we are right now, coming off the Thanksgiving season, we have not yet seen the full blunt, the effect of the traveling and the congregating. That should be sometime probably next week or a week and a half. And then we're going to enter into the Christmas season again with more traveling and with more congregating at family and social gatherings. So we're in for a very challenging period. And the only way we're going to counter that is by a consistent uniform implementation and adherence to public health measures. And as COVID infections continue to soar, there's growing speculation the Pfizer vaccine may be rolled out in the US very shortly. A government advisory group is meeting to discuss its emergency approval, and if it gets the green light, Americans could start receiving the jab immediately. Meantime, the US President's lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, says he feels just about 100% after being released from hospital to continue his COVID recovery at home. Mr Giuliani was diagnosed with coronavirus last week and flashed a thumbs up to supporters as he was leaving hospital. And in breaking news this morning, US talk show host Ellen DeGeneres has just revealed she has tested positive for COVID-19. In a statement, she says she is feeling fine and all close contacts have been notified. There are reports her talk show will now be off air until early next year. There's been a major breakdown in Brexit crisis talks with the UK and EU. Prime Minister Boris Johnson has dropped a bombshell saying the current deal on the table is not right for the UK and he has warned there's a high chance a free trade deal won't be reached. I do think that uh, we need to be very, very clear. There's now a strong possibility, strong possibility, that uh, we will have a a solution that's much more like an Australian relationship with the EU than a Canadian relationship with the EU. That doesn't mean it's a a bad thing. There are plenty of ways, uh, as I've said, that we can turn that to the advantage of of both sides in in the conversation. There are plenty of opportunities for the UK. There are serious concerns how the no deal will affect tariffs and also the British economy, with fears it will have a major impact on British farmers and manufacturers. Meantime, trade tensions between Australia and China continue to escalate, with our wine imports hit with more tariffs. It comes as both nations accuse each other of not adhering to the obligations of a free trade agreement. Since May, many of Australia's key exports, including barley, meat, wine and coal, have been hit hard with tariffs, costing exporters billions of dollars. And we'll have more details on this latest move a little later in finance. 
To other news now, and National Cabinet members will have their first face-to-face meeting this year as Parliament sits for the last time for 2020. On today's agenda, leaders will be given a coronavirus update and discuss the vaccine rollout, border management and address priorities for next year. All state and territory leaders will be in attendance, except WA Premier Mark McGowan. Our Perth reporter Adam Hemmings has the details. Tash, Mark McGowan will dial in for discussions to avoid coming into contact with South Australia's Premier after Adelaide's COVID outbreak. At the moment in WA, if you knowingly come into contact with someone from South Australia, you must quarantine for 14 days. Our Premier says he can't do that. I don't have the capacity to self-quarantine for two weeks. So that's the rule. That's the advice. They're the directions. WA Police Commissioner Chris Dawson has backed up the Premier, saying he'd have to take drastic action if Mr McGowan didn't isolate. Well, I don't want to be flippant about it, but uh, I'd have to order my officers to uh, ensure he complies with the direction. And overnight, WA's border has relaxed again. South Australians are allowed back in, but they must quarantine for 14 days, and that means some may not see their families on Christmas Day. And it seems all that time in lockdown earlier this year has sparked a little baby boom across the country. Obstetricians and gynaecologists have been reporting an increase in bookings in Melbourne and Sydney for the first half of next year. It comes as the Australian Bureau of Statistics reports a 3% drop in the number of births in 2019 compared to the year before. Now for a look at what else is making news this Friday morning around the country – Firstly, two New South Wales and health officials are reporting an unusual increase in respiratory illnesses among children this summer, urging parents to keep an eye out for any symptoms. Our reporter, David Dolan, has the details. Tash, normally it's winter time when we see illnesses like bronchiolitis and pneumonia affecting kids under five. But doctors say cases are on the rise, with emergency department visits much higher than normal for this time of year. They believe it could be linked to the recent easing of COVID restrictions and more social interactions taking place. The advice for parents is to keep their kids home from school or daycare even if they have the mildest of respiratory symptoms and ensure they still get tested for COVID. To Victoria now and the state's holiday voucher system will be rolled out this morning with 40,000 tickets set to be released in a bid to help stimulate the regional economy post-COVID. Our Melbourne reporter, James Lake, has this report. Thanks, Tash. Yes, Victoria's holiday voucher scheme opens today. A mad scramble is expected around 10am when the $200 vouchers become available, there's 40000 up for grabs right now, which can be redeemed across regional Victoria, as well as the Yarra Ranges and the Mornington Peninsula. There'll be two more rounds of vouchers released as well in the new year. Opponents to the scheme say it should be redeemable statewide, though not just for regional areas. Melbourne does have more than 37,000 hotel rooms, and 75% of them are sitting empty. And COVID restrictions are easing across Tasmania today with vertical drinking and dancing back on. Our reporter Rachel Burke is in Hobart with the details. Public health have announced as of 5pm today, dancing and vertical drinking will be allowed in Tassie venues and at weddings. Up to 100 people will be able to dance indoors and 250 outdoors. Venues will be limited by the one person per two square metre rule, many set to operate at 50% capacity. The hospitality sector is welcoming the move but still has concerns over that restriction. Wanting to see a roadmap and timeline to ease those rules. 
While limits on household gatherings will be lifted from 40 to 100 people this afternoon in time for the festive season. It follows one new COVID case in hotel quarantine yesterday. That person is the fourth member of a family that already tested positive. The family have been moved to a dedicated COVID facility in Hobart to continue their quarantine period. The Premier says there's no risk to the wider Tasmanian community. Now for the latest in business and finance news, we're joined this morning by Scott Phillips from the Motley Fool. And Scott, good morning. Fortescue is worth almost as much as Westpac. This is incredible on the back of the booming iron ore price. Tash, good morning. Yes, and in fact, it was actually worth more than Westpac at some point yesterday as the prices moved around. And this is an all-time high for Fortescue. Closed yesterday at $22.51 a share as the iron ore price just continues to go up and up and up. Overnight, it actually rose even further at one point. So the run may not yet be done for Fortescue and it's iron ore, brethren, Rio and BHP. And that iron ore surge is responsible for the Aussie dollar hitting a two and a half year high against the US dollar. Yeah, this is phenomenal, isn't it? It's really at a terrible time, quite frankly. The RBA has been very vocal that it wants to push the dollar down. And that's in part what's been behind some of its moves in recent months. Unfortunately, a weak US dollar, a growing Chinese economy, and to some degree, the Australian dollar is kind of linked by traders to the Chinese currency. And as it rises as well, we've kind of had no hope but to be carried along by it. Two and a half year high would have been great for tourists, generally speaking, but we're not going anywhere at the moment. It's just hurting our exporters. So not great news for the Australian economy all over. And Scott, talking about exporters, Australian wines have been slugged yet again with these extraordinary tariffs. It is phenomenal, isn't it, Tash? And this is, I mean, look, we, we have to be honest, this is a geopolitical issue. This is not a trade issue, but it's being pre- promoted or talked about through a trade lens. Of course, Australian wines were slugged with a tariff of an average of 169%, if you, be- if you believe it. Now the Chinese government saying that Chinese winemakers have complained that the Australian government is subsidising our winemakers, and they've added another 6% tariff on top of that. Now, it's not a lot when you've already added 160-something percent. Another 6 is not going to make that much difference, but it really does underscore the depth of the concerns and, frankly, the broken relationship between Australia and China. China just taking the opportunity to stick the boot in one more time for our poor Aussie winemakers. And Facebook faces the very real prospect of being broken up as 46 US states file a massive lawsuit. It is phenomenal, isn't it? You think about it, so Facebook, of course, in itself, the, the, the app we know and love, or some of us don't necessarily love, but there's also WhatsApp, of course, Instagram on top of that. And this particular lawsuit, they didn't hold back. They say for almost a decade, Facebook has had monopoly power, and it's, they say it, has a, it deploys a buy or bury strategy that thwarts competition and harms both users and advertisers. So those state attorneys general in the US aren't mucking around and they are seeking either really significant monetary damages from Facebook or a breakup of the company to kind of re-spin out those two other social networks it bought in the last decade or so. Very interesting to watch how that plays out. Scott, thank you. Thanks, Ash. Now let's check sport with Liam Flanagan from the Scorecard podcast. And Liam, the summer of cricket is well underway and now the big bash, it's back. Good morning, Tash. Yes, kids and people with short attention spans rejoice. The big hits and the bright uniforms are back. The new season of the big bash kicked off last night in Tasmania. The Hobart Hurricanes hosted the defending champions, the Sydney Sixers. The Hurricanes batted first and a quick-fire half-century to Colin Ingram 
and man of the match, Tim David, saw them post a respectable 178. And it would have been even more if not for one of the greatest pieces of fielding from Sydney's Jordan Silk. It might be the greatest piece of fielding the competition's ever seen. He impersonated Superman when he dived full stretch (laughs) over the boundary line to stop a ball going for six. It wasn't even a catch. It was great nonetheless. But in the end, not even that was enough. The sixes failed to get over the line, falling just 12 runs short in the end. Not all superheroes wear capes. That's the saying, isn't it, Liam? (laughs) Yeah, that some of them wear bright pink uniforms. (laughs) And the AFLW will announce its full schedule today. This is great news. It is very exciting news, especially after being unable to crown a Premier in the 2020 season earlier this year after COVID cut it short. Two significant changes. Uh, The Games Head of Football, Nicole Livingston, announced yesterday that they will do away with the controversial conference system, which has seen the team split into two groups for the past couple of seasons, which has led to some uncompetitive teams making the finals. Instead, there will be a very simple 14-team ladder with the top six qualifying for finals. And there's actually been some good news off the back of COVID-19. The protocols mean the competition will have its first fully ticketed season. Tickets to every game will cost 10 bucks for adults and it'll be free for anybody under 18. So two really strong steps forward for the women's game, which is currently seeing record participation rates across the country, Tash. And my boys are going to be very happy. Liam, more cricket and more tennis. What more could one want? Absolutely. Well, some good news and bad news for Victorians today, Tash. The good news is that Victoria's Minister for Tourism, Sport and Major Events, Martin Pakula, announced that the MCG will now be permitted to have 30,000 spectators for each day of the Boxing Day test, which is an extra 5,000 punters a day from what they originally had planned for. The bad news, however, is that Tennis Australia still has not been able to officially announce the kickoff dates for the Australian Open because they're still getting pushback from the ATP Council players. The players not happy with the reported five-hour training block that they're being allocated each day, which is two hours on court two hours in the gym and an hour for nutrition and dining. So Tennis Australia is still fighting that battle task, but they're confident they will be able to announce the new date shortly. Let's hope so. Happy Friday. Have a great weekend. Thanks, Liam. Thanks, Tash. Checking the weather details around the country now this Friday morning as we head into the beautiful weekend. Brisbane, possible late showers on the way, a top of 27. 21 and possible showers also on the way for Sydney. Sunny and 21 today for Melbourne. Partly cloudy conditions and a high of 21 for Canberra. 20 degrees and cloudy for Hobart. Mostly sunny conditions expected this Friday for Adelaide with a high of 31. And partly cloudy conditions, 33 on the way for Perth. And lastly to Darwin, a shower or two expected and a high of 34 degrees. And here's a feel-good Friday story for you this morning. Despite living through a pandemic and not being able to see his family and friends, 91-year-old UK resident Martin Kenyon has a great outlook on life. He was one of the first in the world this week to get the Pfizer COVID vaccine as part of the widespread rollout for the elderly and frontline workers across the UK. Speaking to CNN, he says despite not being able to get a park outside the hospital or even a decent lunch on the day, he could not wait to hug his family at Christmas. And when asked about being part of the historic moment, this was his priceless reaction. I don't think I feel about it at all, except that I hope I am not going to have the bloody bug now. <laughs> I don't intend to have it because I've got granddaughters and I want to live a long time to enjoy their lives. 
Yes, I don't intend to have it. Well, there's no point in dying now when I haven't lived this long, is there? Oh, bless him. And that's all you need to know to start your day with your morning agenda. In your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning, please rate and review and you can also follow us on your socials at Your Morning Agenda on Instagram. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day and a great weekend and we'll see you next week.